0: Good
1: afternoon, everyone. Once again, we give thanks that we could be together to worship our triune God. We warmly welcome all guests, those in person and via the live stream. Uh, we welcome those guests joining us here at Emmanuel Canadian Reformed Church. Council has no announcements for this afternoon. This afternoon's worship will be led by Reverend Anup Huale, pastor in the Evangelical Reformed Churches of India. Welcome, Reverend, and Christian greetings from Emmanuel. the churches in india in our preparation for worship we will praise our god with the singing of one of the songs sent to the churches for testing the alternate version of psalm 59 stanzas two three and six Let us rise for worship and lift up our hearts to the Lord. Let us begin this worship service by together confessing our defense on the Lord. Our help is the name of the Lord, who made and earth. Amen. Dear congregation, may the peace, grace, and abundant love of the triune God rest and abide with each and every one of you now and forevermore as we worship him Amen. shall we sing together psalm number 135 and stanzas 1 2 3 and 9 Confess our faith, and I shall read all of us in reading of the Apostles' Creed for this evening. If you want to follow, it's found on Songbook number, page number 493. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is time for us, dear congregation, to sing again from Psalm 110 and stanzas one and six, which is found on page number 275. Loving, merciful Heavenly Father, this afternoon we together have been called by thy chosen body of the elders and deacons in faithfulness to thy word to come and express our gratitude, thanks, petitions, and worship. Lord, we humbly come in thy presence this afternoon, and we ask thee, Lord, that thou would accept the singing that we do, the word that would be read, the confession of our faith, even giving, and the music that would be melodious. Heavenly Father, we pray that let this exercise of worshiping Thee again, this very blessed day, may become a great blessing for each one of us. Lord, what a wonderful privilege that we have got, that we are in Thy house, where we communicate. We are able to express all that we have heard from thy word. We are able to listen from thy word that what you have for us. With lot of other worries and concerns on our hearts, Father, we know that there would be many untold things, perhaps piled up. The young hearts or the older hearts senior hearts or the junior hearts but father we pray that as we come and worship thee this afternoon let all those burdens be lightened lightened by the promises the covenant promises lightened by the assurance of salvation that comes to us in thy son our Lord Jesus Christ let no heart be troubled those who need forgiveness Lord we pray that thou would grant them in fact forgive us all for all the sins that we commit knowingly and unknowingly against each other and in turn against our God Heavenly Father we pray for all the sicknesses in this congregation if there is anyone who has gone through the hard time over the period of last week or even month or even this year. Father, we pray that let the doors of joy, the doors of the blessings, comfort be opened to everyone who has faced hardships. Father, we know that everything that happens to us certainly has a purpose and enable each and every one of us those who are present this evening may know those purposes why things have happened to us the way they happened there may be a possibility Lord that thy word thy children may be explaining why it is happening and our hearts would not understand. So Father, we pray that thy Holy Spirit be granted to each one of us, that we may understand our spot in history, in the time that we live in, so we may be able to make great use of the opportunity that we are alive. Live for thy word, seek forgiveness, and find all the joy in Christ alone. Heavenly Father, we pray for the consistory of this congregation, the minister of this congregation and their families. Heavenly Father, enable them that they may be very joyfully able to lead this congregation in the way of truth. Enable them that when they walk in the way of the truth, Father, they be careful that it may not get blasphemed because of the activities that some of us might do. Keep thy holy hedge, holy fire, surrounding, surrounding us, Father, so we may be protected. We pray for the young people in the congregation. Lord, grant them desire to study, their surroundings, the social atmosphere, even the political atmosphere, so they be able to discern what is their role as young people in this country. Heavenly Father, we also bring the young parents. We pray, Lord, that the young parents normally are anxious about everything, but they have energy to run, so they run. Father, we pray that they would also be blessed abundantly so they become godly parents. The grandparents, great-grandparents, we commit in thy loving hands, Lord. They have a desire to bring joy to their families and to their children and great-grandchildren and sometimes great-great-grandchildren. And Father, we pray that desires of such loving older hearts also be blessed, that they may become great blessing for each other. Heavenly Father, we pray for the unborn babies yet to come. Grant all the strength to mothers, all deep excitement to fathers. And as they are looking forward to have those new children in their arms, the covenant babies, Father, we pray let this whole time may become a great blessing for these young families. This evening, as we look into thy word, Father, we pray that give thy servant thy Holy Spirit and the same may be granted to the listeners so we together may be able to worship thy holy name by listening and taking those facts to our hearts as we worship together. Lord, how wonderful and beautiful it is to see that it is not that just thy angels are around here to listen to our prayer and the worship, but rather the covenant God, thou hast promised thy very presence among us even as we pray. And with that faith, we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to this scripture and I shall read from Second Peter chapter 2 and we have two sections to read in chapter 2 which is verse 1, 2 and 3 and then we will be jumping to verse 17 through 19. The passage is found on page number one hundred eighteen of the Pew, P- Pew Bibles, Se- Second Peter chapter two, and I shall begin reading at verse one. But false prophet- prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the master who bought them bringing upon themselves swift destruction and many will follow and many will they follow their sensuality and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. Please move to verse 17. These are waterless springs these false prophets and teachers, and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom but they themselves are slaves of corruption for whatever overcomes a person to that he is enslaved and thus far is the reading for this evening. Me and my wife are very thankful to be here and the privilege that the Consistory has given to us as we travel for the word and deed. And we truly appreciate many of your prayers. This evening, I know many of us and all of us are already walking in the way of truth. We know Christ. We have given our life to the Lord and the Lord has changed our heart. There's a all good, good news all around, but there may be somebody still struggling with the sin among us. So the challenge for those: stop, look to the Lord for all the cure, all the anxiety, all the sin that is entangling you. So the walk. On the way of truth may become a blessing. And that is what this evening I'm going to talk about as how it is also possible that when we walk on the way of truth, we may blaspheme that way of truth by not being who we should be or by even ignoring ignoring all that the Lord wants us to be. There are agents of instruction when we walk on the way of truth. They provide you information so you can walk properly. So we would pay attention to them, who they are, and discern whether those agents of instruction are prophets, teachers, or false prophets, or false teachers. Because a slave cannot offer freedom. And when we know that, then it will be possible for us that we can discern and we will not let the way of the truth blasphemed. That would be our message for this evening. And when we Look at our outline and when we think about uh, these very important matters, let me begin with, a, with an encouragement that certainly there is a good news. At the end of the message, it is not that we will see something that whether we'll be able to walk on this way of truth, and whether we'll be able to stop that blasphemy which might come because of our um, way of life. No, the good news is the master of the way of life, the way of truth is with us. Therefore, when you hear the message, bring home the good news in your heart that he will enable us. However, the reminder is very important because when you think about a teacher, as an agent of instruction and wisdom, there's a difference between what the teacher does and what the prophets do. Teachers would bring to you all the information, all the information how to get the wisdom and knowledge, but he would leave it at that. And then that wisdom and the knowledge given to us starts working in our brain, and then we formulate the statement that this is what I understand what has been given to me. So that's a teacher. But what does the prophet do? He's very messianic. He gives you solution, he provides you freedom. He says, thus says the Lord, imperative, do this. And when we follow the prophet, we go into the true freedom. But what if these agents, the teachers and the prophets are false? And that is what we are going to look at. You know, an illustration comes to to our mind here, that we have beautiful houses. Some of our houses are not so beautiful. But everyone has heating system. So when you sit in the living room, you have some thermostat, you push some buttons and you need a particular heat in the house and you make it and then we sit and enjoy but actually who is controlling the heat of our living room is something that is in the basement. Dear congregation this world is full of corruption and that enemy is actually in our basement. He is controlling the heat of your living room. What do I mean? I mean There are various other agencies outside of us, they control the discussions that we have in our living room. Why sometimes the husband, a very godly husband, gets disappointed with his very godly wife for some time, somebody else is turning the heat up or down, outside or in the basement, the enemy is working on it. Why at the dining table, father and son, eat together, they're reading the word of God together, they pray together, but they have little bitterness because the heat is controlled somewhere else. So those are the agents outside of us have connection and they have power and has access to turn the heat of your living room. And therefore the political talk in our living room turns up the heat. Economic discussions in our house turn up the heat. Medical urgencies and emergencies turn up the heat. And we ignore them. We think, oh, this is politics, this is medical emergency, this is market, this is disagreement between husband and wife for over uh, how to spend and how not to spend. And many issues could be there. But they come and we ignore them thinking they are very light. Because when we think about heresy, As a reformed person, we immediately think about theology. Now, in India, and uh, in in fact, in many other uh, uh, countries where they play cricket, uh, there is a googly ball. That means the one who throws the ball, he would not let you know which way the ball is going to turn when it hits the ground. And then people think it is turning left, so they go to the left, but actually it turns to the right, and you get clean bold. That means you're out of the game. Most of the reform people that I know, my friends, I have pastor friends, uh, graduates from very nice, good seminaries in America, and they have this feeling that we need to now start talking about from where the actual heresy comes. Is that enemy still throwing at us a heresy from the word of God? Or he has changed some of his strategy? And for our surprise, we have discovered that he now knows that the reformed churches are strong enough in their faith their theology is so good, they need something else to be distracted in their life. And therefore, when Peter writes to these people, he mentions about teachers and prophets and how they are actually turning up the heat. And he tells them they are, the, they are like the beasts will be demolished and destroyed. They are the candidates who are defeated. However in that stage of their defeat, they are still having power to distract you and me from the original cause that has been given to us. And that is not to become theologically sound, yes, we need to be, but to love. Not to keep the commandments, but to keep the commandments and love God and your neighbor as yourself. So what happens? This agency that we think might bring heresy to us, that actually becomes, uh, um, the, the enemy becomes very much aware of that and he never comes from that side in the same form. Then what does he do? Then he uses our theology so we become very stubborn and we become intolerant, with whom? With our own brothers and sisters. There are people who think we are Christians or Christians, tiny Christs, and I do have problem with it. We cannot become tiny Christs. In fact, we cannot even become Christ-like. John told that I cannot even untie the shoes of that one is to come. We cannot even become Christ-like. Then what we become? We follow the pattern that he has set of not greatness but of humility. He, being very nature God, considered himself nothing, became zero, obeyed the Lord even to the death, death on a cross, and therefore he was given the greatest name above the earth and under heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we'll be saved. When we think about our calling, our calling is to be humble people. Our calling is to turn other chicks. Our calling is to bow down and win the people, those who disagree with our theology. Our calling is not that I understand Bible so well, therefore I walk out of this congregation. Right away the conclusion of that kind of attitude that the enemy has turned the heat in your basement and he actually has achieved the goal of defeating you as a Christian. he left his heavenly place and came down. That is the parameter and that is the height of his humility. And we leave the church thinking that I know better and therefore I'm out of here. And the enemy knew from where the heresy needed to bring. In fact, the orthodoxy, the rigidness of understanding our reformed theology has been used as a heresy that it helps you to walk out of the church. We thought otherwise the heresy is a wrong teaching and therefore I walk out of the church, but no, it is, it, he, the, the person, the enemy has actually put a googly ball. The agent of this instruction knows how to make you less Christian, in fact how to make you theologically proud. And therefore we need to watch on the agencies that are giving you instruction. If your theology enables you to love others, follow it. If you know that somebody doesn't understand the doctrinal matters as you understand or as I understand, let's be humble and win people for Christ. Short life that we live. In fact, I heard that after 80 years, the um, the human beings, nobody really likes to listen to uh, that wisdom at 80. Whereas it is very important that the 80-year-old man or woman could tell you volumes of the uh, beauty, beautiful things that they have lived. But people don't have time. So the young couples, young, young parents need to take heed of that. And humility should be started when you know that your understanding of the Word of God is for the sake of becoming humble and following the pattern that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us, that we would even be able to turn our other cheek and be humble to win people for Christ with that beautiful doctrinal understanding. The enemy is happy, but they are like beasts. 2 Peter two twelve, they too will perish says Peter. He writes, he said, Though, those are playing with you, but they, these agencies, the false heresy-making agencies, will be perished. And as I said right in the beginning, we have a good news. We'll be able to walk on the path because the master of the path is himself, God, in Christ Jesus with us. But we need to make sure that when we think about our own knowledge, about the theology very specifically, hold on to the humility, hold on to the humility and win people, win relations, win your brothers and sisters with your humility, not with your understanding of theology, how purified it is. Because a slave cannot offer redemption or freedom. When you read here, he says, for whatever overcomes a person to that he is enslaved now what has overcome people such as us who come very faithfully to the church we need to find out what has overcome me and it would be for our surprise that we may be really doing very well you know we evaluate in our jobs what talents you have and what capacities you have Let's do that in the family and say, hey, as a Christian, where are we now? Is there anything that is overcoming us as a Christian? And then pick those points and deal with it. Because if we are slave to the understanding of Christianity that we have, we will never be free. And we will never be able to offer freedom. Because we are already enslaved. Something has already overcome us. When we have understanding about some aspects of the scripture and we are able to argue, you are able to make statements for yourself about the theology, about the society, about what the market is and how should I live in this this community, you have your own statements. Cross-check those statements with the church, with others. Let that statement not stand on its own with your own wisdom because our heart is deceptive and that the enemy would use to give you that heretic idea to walk out. People are so stone-hearted that they feel so happy to walk out of relations because they take decision on their own wisdom. They don't come back and say, hey, I felt this after, after thinking so many hours, I come to this conclusion, can you help me? No, they think after thinking so many years, now I have come to this conclusion, conclusion, period. At times I sit on the couch, and my wife would look at me, and she knows something is going on in this guy's mind. He's not talking, 15 minutes, looking here and there. TV is on, but he's not looking there, but he's quiet. She says, what's going on? She knows that she needs to know what's going on. I know she needs to know what's going on. So I must tell her, my mind was thinking something. I'm making a statement for myself, my faith statement, my statement of how I would handle the situation, my statement of education. This is what I will say to that professor because I'm studying. But I am not alone. She is with me. God has given somebody who needs to know that statement. And I tell, this is my statement that I am thinking. What do you think? And she says, blunder. Don't do it. But if I would not ask her, my mind, my heart, with all the biblical knowledge, the perfect Calvinistic idea of theology, I will decide, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm walking out from the life of certain people. They don't understand the word of God. You never came back to the church. You never came back to your minister. You never came back to your elders saying, this is what I felt. You may be very right. But we have no right to make our own statement of faith. Corporate worship is that's why very important. Otherwise, people could have watched the worship services on YouTube and that would be enough. Me, my Bible and my God is enough. Come out of that understanding. That's the devil's idea, keeping you away from the body of Christ. Some people even have forgotten in our churches that they are really body of Christ. Christ is a real head of our body, the church. They think, He's going to come and then the head would be fixed back mechanically. No, no, no. We are organically one. He is in heaven and we are here. What he sees in heaven we see here. That's what we are supposed to do. And when we don't do that, that's a sin. But he has the grace to bring us back. And therefore, if you are enslaved and overcome by certain things in life which are pulling you out of the fellowship of the God's people, that could be a very good thought that you, you understood one of the concept of eternal life very well, and that's why you are restless, but don't make a statement for yourself to walk out, rather come back. Because relations are very important. There was issue, somebody rented a house, and at the end of the agreement, there was a disagreement between the renter and the, uh, the one who rented some money he wanted, so the, the one who rented said, no, no, you have to pay me, Ben. That issue was going on, and the church comes in because this is a pastor staying in a rental house, and pastor thinks that that particular thing was not broken when we were there. She thinks, no, that was broken. You need to pay for it. And the church comes in and makes a clear-cut understanding. Pastor, I think you need to pay for her, and uh, that's what we say. And as a reformed pastor, what he would do, He would argue not, he would just write a check, matter is over. But the relation is not restored. That's not Christian counseling, that's not Christian reconciliation. Reconciliation in Christian circle first of all restores the relation of these two people. Money comes and goes. We fail there. We think, okay, we have made a good statement about the issue. Now people should be separated. Go your way with peace. You go this way. We are not Christian then. Is there anyone to come forward and say, please hit on my other cheek because you're right. Can you keep the burning coal on the heads of enemy? When are we going to do that? If we are slave to what overcomes us, we will be we will not be able to offer any freedom. We will not be able to preach Christ. We will not be able to evangelize because something else has overcome us. And a slave cannot offer freedom. Therefore discern. Discern, let not the way of the truth be blasphemed. I shall read Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 12 for us. And uh, Let's see what it says here. Why is he called Christ? It's page number 527. That is anointed because he has been ordained by God the Father and anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher. Hello, the... The false teachers and prophets, your, your father, <laughs> your master is here. Christ is that teacher and prophet, the chief, who has fully revealed to us the sacred counsel and will of God concerning our redemption in his body. I said that, I added that here. Where does the Christ operate in his church? Christ is not operating in the organizations, mission agencies in heaven. He is operating through his body. We are very important and we have lost that understanding that I am part of the body of Christ, which is real. Our only high priest is he who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us and who continually intercedes for us before, before the Father. And our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and who defends and preserves us in the redemption obtained for us. He defends and preserves us in the redemption. Jesus does that for us. He does that because he wants us to be the people who would offer freedom, the gospel is a freedom given to the people who are born bounded or they're bound in sin. In the Heidelberg 12 question answer 31, if you want to summarize that, I just wrote here, he can keep us in that freedom which he has won for us. So there would not be anything overcoming us because now our whole focus is my teacher is Christ, my prophet is Christ, so the heresies would not be hurting me because I know where to go when heresies come. And I know from heresies, from where heresies come to us. Discern and then go back to the church. Christ is the body of the church. Church is the body of Christ. Christ is here present in in the church. There is no presence of God at this time independent of the church there is no gospel in the world there is no message of freedom in the world in democracy but it is in the church church only is the place where true freedom comes and we need to discern that let not the way of truth be blasphemed false prophets lead to destruction And even the false teachers, they lead to destruction and they accompany you till you are completely destroyed. They don't leave you halfway. But when the Christ comes, you can completely hit back and come out of it. I would like to conclude how can we discern whether the heresy that is coming to me is a heresy. Because for me, heresy is Something doctrinal matter. But there is a heresy out there trying to convert us constantly. They're trying to convert our minds from one to different thing. How long can you be in the Android? Move to iOS. How long are you going to be in that iOS? There are less apps they use there. Come to Android. These are the heresies coming to you. They push on you. How long can you use that shoe? How long can you use that house? How long can you use that shirt? Small, small things from the market. How long can you believe that heresy only comes from theology? Could be a question that we should ask. Heresy can come from anywhere because it has only one purpose. Why the heresy comes? It has only one purpose, that the person should be diverted from Christ to something else. That things, that heresy thinks that as long as we have diverted the mind of a Christian from the Lord Jesus Christ to anything in the world, that's actually heresy. And our blockage in our mind is heresy is he is 100% man or 100% God. He is predestined or he is reprobate. Aren't those the business of the Lord himself because he will judge, which is very true. We should believe in it. But is that the matter that takes you to love somebody or is that the matter of fact that helps you to hate someone? This way of life is in the hands of the master. Master is who? Who created that way of truth? Our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he is able to protect us from all the heresies of the world, not in isolation. We need help from outside of us. Our hearts are full of wickedness. It's a stony heart. We need help from outside. God does that for us. He helps us. When we come up with certain understanding of anything in Christian life, of the theology or of the business or of the politics, of the civil life or relationship, don't take decision on your own. Heart is deceptive. It will make you higher and others lower. Any understanding that you have, you may be very wise, but alone don't make any statement for yourself. That's how you would be able to discern. That's why, that's how I would be able to discern what is right and what is wrong, so I may become a great blessing for others. Where shall I go? Where is that outside thing? It is outside, but organically connected to us and nothing but the body of Christ. Your ministers, your elders, your father, your mother, your older brothers and sisters, you need to talk with them. You may be wiser among everybody else, but throw your wisdom before God's body, the body of Christ, and accept what they decide for you that will save us and make us people who would not be blaspheming the way of the truth. May the Lord richly bless each and every one of us with these words. We shall sing together from Psalm number 119 and stanzas 59, 60. 61 and 65 and those who are able please stand Let's look to the Lord in prayer before we give our tithes and offerings. Loving, merciful Heavenly Father, once again we come into thy presence this evening, thanking thee, Lord, for the privilege of giving out of what thou hast given to us. Bless each and every hand those who would be able to give, and even the hands those who would not be able to give. Let this offering may bring glory and honor and great extension of thy kingdom through this congregation. Let thy name be exalted, Lord. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. We have the offerings. congregation, receive the blessings of the Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each and every one of you and me now and forevermore. Amen.